Welcome to Tits and Awesome Stories. I'm Kirby. And I'm Liza. And we are glad to be back with you. We're glad that you're returning with us. Or if this is your first time, as we always say, make sure you check out previous episodes. And we're just glad that you're here and that you're joining us. Yeah, whether you are someone that's new, which we appreciate you uh, coming and joining our lovely podcast. Or somebody that has always been with us. We do appreciate you for sticking through all of our ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And whether we've been able to record or if we've had something personal going on and we haven't been able to that week. Uh, we are thankful for everyone that has stuck with us through all of it. Yes, and Lord knows that we've both had stuff going on where we've had to skip before. Because she has <laughs> been a roller coaster from hell. It really has been. So. <laughs> Oh, goodness. But so on today's episode, um, I'm going to give a bit of a trigger warning before we get started. This is a true crime episode. Um, We need no ill intent about anybody that we talk about. But for trigger warnings, there is uh, mention of physical violence towards children, uh, sexual abuse, um, child death, a child loss. Um, so if, you know, this isn't for you, that's perfectly fine. I totally understand. I get it. You know, just skip this episode and then come back to us next week and we'll have something different. It won't be true crime. We try to do true crime just once a month because it is so heavy. So we try to mix in some lighthearted topics as well. So yeah, just check out the next episode or if you're sticking with us through this episode, this one's a bumpy ride. So drop in. <laughs> oh. So the story that I have for us today is a pretty rough story. Um, it is about it is about the person who was dubbed the freezer mom of Detroit. Oh, um, I've never heard this before. It's pretty rough. So today we're going to be talking about Michelle Angela Blair. Michelle mm-hmm. Angela Blair lived in Detroit, Michigan with her four children, and she was 35 years old. She appeared to be a loving mother to the public. Her neighbors would describe her as being quiet, calm, and having a good heart. However, Blair was hiding a dark secret. Michelle did not have an easy upbringing. She was the victim of physical and sexual abuse. When she told her mother what happened, her mother told her, It's over with. What do you want me to do about it? Blair's abuser would continue to come around the house and nothing was ever done about it. How do how do people do that? I just don't understand. Like one of my exes was sexually abused as a child, mm-hmm. and as an adult, they came forward and brought it to because it was a family member that did it. He yeah. brought it forward to his mom and his aunt, and his uncle, and his mom basically told him, "Well, that's in the past. You need to get over it." And I'm like, "How the fuck do you say that to one of your children? Like this shaped." The person that they are and to hold it in that long and to finally tell somebody like i don't i just don't understand how a parent can be like that i don't either but it's apparently from everything i've read it's a common response from a lot of parents and i just i don't understand it it blows my mind there are so many parents 
that fail to protect their children. It's awful. It really is. Um, and this story just gets worse as we go on. So this is why I added the trigger warnings. But yeah. I don't, I just, I don't understand. Like, I would go to jail for my child. I exactly. Really so... I don't know. Um, I'm wondering, it didn't really, I didn't see anything about her mom's background, but I'm assuming her mom was also went through it and nobody helped her. So that's why she had that attitude. What does it say? Does it say about what year this like occurred? Like, um, no, it didn't really, everything that I looked at, um, it didn't really say, um, I'm going to assume that, you know, she was a child or a preteen when it happened because the way that I took it is it was cause she was young when it happened and, you know, it happened for a while, apparently. Jesus. So as an adult, she struggled to hold down a job. She would receive money from relatives, but eventually they stopped helping and told Michelle to get a job. Um, she had relatives that, like I said, would loan her money and stuff. But that dried up after a while because, you know, you can only take care of someone for so long that isn't, you know, willing your, to help themselves. Yeah, exactly. And she she had a lot of um, mental health issues, obviously, and, and you can gather that from this story. But, um, yeah, she just, you know, a lot of the times when you have severe mental health issues, it's hard to keep a job. You really struggle with that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So this takes place in, um, between 2015. Um, and 2012, I believe 2012 and 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, so, in 2015, Michelle was unable to pay rent, which led to eviction of her apartment. On March 24, 2015, a crew came in to carry out eviction. Michelle was not there for this, so they began to move her items out of the apartment, which they will do that if you're not there. They'll go ahead and come in and they'll just start cleaning your stuff out and they'll usually throw it on like a curb or something like that. So, mm -hmm. um, the moving crew stated that the apartment was very dirty and a complete mess. I saw pictures of the apartment and it was filthy. Like, it looked like it hadn't been cleaned in a very long time. And those children were living in a complete mess. It was disgusting. There was I'm, in a, uh, I'm in a group on Facebook that's uh, it's called Messy Houses that you have to zoom in the background. Mm -hmm. And some of the oh. posts that people post in there... Like, this one was, uh, they had live chickens in their house. And they lived in the house. What? So someone had taken pictures of their kids. And you can literally see feces from the animals all over the floor. The children with no shoes on. Some of them weren't completely, like, clothed. Like, they were in underwear or diapers. But I'm like, how? My house is fucking messy. And there's dog hair and cat hair everywhere. But... For the love of God, like, I don't leave feces just chilling all over my floor for my children to walk in. That's disgusting. There's definitely a difference between being messy because a house is lived in and being just absolutely filthy. And I think those fall under the filthy category, not messy. <laughs> yeah, that's... Ugh. Oh, I can't imagine. 
So when the moving crew uh, went in there, they discovered a white deep freezer was in the living room. Inside the freezer, Michelle's darkest secrets were no longer hidden. The moving crew, which discovered the freezer, was in complete shock upon opening it. As soon as they saw the horrors inside, police were notified. I'm sure you can guess what was in the freezer at this point. Michelle was found at a neighbor's apartment with two of her, chil her children. Now remember, she had four children. Her other two children, Stephen, age 9, and Stoney, age 13, were nowhere to be found. Michelle was brought into custody for questioning. During her interrogation, she was quoted saying, I just want you to know I'm not evil. It was an evil act. And that is such a common thing that um, people will say when they, they uh, hurt other people or they murder. It's very common for them to be like, well, I'm not a bad person. I just made bad choices. No. Okay. When you do stuff like this, you're a bad person. Exactly. You you are a bad person. Sorry, I'm readjusting. I'm oh, you're fine. Back. But uh, good people don't do evil acts. Yeah, exactly. You can't tell somebody, oh, well, I killed somebody, but I'm not a bad person. Exactly. The fuck? And it's such a common theme. Like, I watch a ton of true crime. Like, that's my main thing that I watch every day. And um, it's just, it's such a common theme with people. For whatever reason, they seem to think that they're a good person they just made bad decisions and i'm like no that's oh you're and, a bad you person bro you can't blame your upbringing because there are people who have been abused or sexually abused you know and they turn out to be wonderful people who do great things with their life and mm -hmm. you know some of them bring awareness to things like that so you can't always blame your upbringing for the person that you are because you can be a better person yeah you can be definitely i think it has a lot to do with how what type of mental health you have though from your situation but like you said just because bad things happen to you doesn't mean you have to turn around and do bad things to other people yeah like an example that i have would be someone that i've dated um their dad was an alcoholic and he was abusive and he had a twin and on one hand you've got one twin who's going down the same path that the father went down mm -hmm. not being abused but being a severe alcoholic and right. then you've got the other twin who went into the military you know kept a steady job after he got out has his mm -hmm. own house his own car you know what i mean like yeah he's got his life to together yeah, you've got two people who were born at the exact same time that took completely different paths. So you can't mm -hmm. blame all of who you are on your upbringing because you see the difference in these two people. Right, exactly. It's yeah, just wild. I, that's, you know, that's like I came from a physically, not all the time physically abusive but there was some physical abuse and there was a lot of mental abuse. And um, two of my siblings turned out horrible. And then here I am and I've never really been in trouble my entire life, so. And you're very caring and loving to your child. Yeah, and um, my siblings are not that way at all. But. Sad. 
but yeah. So, so during questioning, Michelle began to tell her story. Michelle would tell police, police that in August 2012, upon coming home, she discovered her youngest child sexually stimulating himself with a doll. Now, I want to clarify that some articles that I read said that he was sexually stimulating himself. Others said that he just had the dolls in sexual positions. Um, and I believe he was three or four. I kept his name out um, because I, I just felt like his name didn't need to be mentioned because he was so young when everything happened. Yeah. So, I, so yeah, it's kind of... I'm not really positive exactly if he was sexually stimulating himself or if he just had them in an appropriate position. And but, for being so young, he had to have witnessed this. Yeah, at some where did point. you learn that from? Exactly. Yes. So when Michelle asked him about it, he replied that his older brother Stephen performed sexual acts on him often. Mm. She became very enraged and confronted Stephen. During this time, Stephen admitted to molesting his brother. Now, she, just to give a little more on that, she basically started, like, screaming at him, and she was hitting him and shit. And he, uh, he finally admitted to her that, yes, he had been doing that to his brother. Um, he had been acting inappropriately with him. So this threw Michelle into a violent rage and she began to kick and punch Stephen. She also admitted to pouring hot water on Stephen's private parts in order to make the torture worse for him. Oh my she god. Yeah, Michelle wanted him to hurt the way that he had hurt his brother. After multiple days of torture, she began to choke Stephen, which ultimately led to his death. She admitted that she only wanted to hurt him and had no intentions of killing him. Once he was dead, she wrapped his body in plastic and put him in the bottom of the deep freezer. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now remember, there's two children that went missing. So, nine months later, Michelle found out that Stoney was also molesting the younger child. Again, Michelle became enraged. She began starving Stoney and pouring hot water on her naked body. Before her death, Stoney admitted to sexually abusing Stephen as well. Michelle eventually beat her to death in May of 2013. Just as Michelle had done with Stephen, she wrapped Stoney's lifeless body in plastic and placed her in the deep freezer on top of Stephen's body. So it was basically a downward spiral. One child mm -hmm. molested one child and that child molested another child. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Michelle claimed she wanted to turn herself in, but couldn't leave the youngest without a mom. So the living room was where a lot of their activities would take place. It was apparently the main room that they functioned in. And she, the reason that no one found out that it went on for a couple of years, because remember, this was in 2012 or 2000. Yeah, it started in 2012 and she didn't get caught till 2015 is because she threatened the other two children that if they told anybody about because the children were aware of the their brother and sister missing being in the deep freezer in the living room and basically she would threaten them um that if they told anybody you know she would kill them do all this stuff to them and everything 
but you know she's a good person exactly well there's even more details that come out here in this and um you can yeah you see that she's a horrible person horrible person so while Michelle was on trial, she stated that she would do it again if she had to. I don't care what anybody thinks. She had to go. Period. When I say he's got closure, he got it. I know exactly what he was feeling. I knew what he was feeling because that's exactly how I used to feel when talking about Stoney and her youngest child. So it sounds to me like she, she used the situation and and to maybe get like revenge through her other children for what she went through you know like she wanted to hurt the person that hurt her so when she found out that her kids were doing it to each other you know that was her opportunity to do what hadn't been done for her when she was a kid that's wild to just like why not i mean why not put your children in some kind of therapy? You, well, you know. I oh. the thing the thing about it though is she probably couldn't afford it. I don't know. I know that she got welfare from the state and she got food stamps from the state, but she never from what I understand never reached out for resources in this type of a situation. She just decided to handle it herself. Which is another reason why I think it was her own version of revenge for what happened to her as a child. And also, you find out why she didn't get authorities involved, like people to help with her situation. Because it comes out that she was abusing all of the children physically. Not in a sexual way, but just uh, hitting them for discipline and things like that. But not your normal spankings. This was like beating them. Jesus Christ. So in 2015, Michelle, Michelle, excuse me, was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. While in prison, Michelle accumulated about 28 misconducts by March of 2017. These included assaulting and spitting on prisoners, throwing cans of urine and feces at correction officers, and hitting police personnel because of her actions she was given an additional 38 months to five years well she i mean she ain't getting out anytime soon so no she was given life in prison like i mentioned so um and there are like that was what she was given but she was also given other charges which i'll mention those here in a bit um now you're probably wondering why these children slipped through the cracks like where was child services anything like that um believe it or not in michigan there's no law requiring parents to alert the school system that they are taking their children out of school it is not considered child abuse or child neglect parents don't have to register with the state when homeschooling unless they require special assistance with education so it is very easy for children in michigan to just disappear and be abused and things like that and people don't know what happened to them wow it's crazy what laws are in different states you know regarding mm -hmm. children and uh i mean if you think about it in the state that we live in 
um, CPS is called a lot of the times if a parent is doing drugs or Mm -hmm. if they see, you know, if someone sees bruises on their children or, you know what I mean? Like, but it's wild to think in other states that people can get away with that. Yeah. um, You know, there's, there are plenty of other states that are like Michigan that, you know, you can just take your children out of school and they're like, okay, have a good life. Like, that's crazy to me. Um, the state that I grew up in, I don't know if it's the same now, but it probably is because, you know, there's a lot of issues going on with Florida, but that's the state that I grew up in. And, um, yeah, you know, my, my, uh, my mother took me and, uh, she homeschooled me. Um, she tried to put me in elementary school for a short period and she did not like the things that were going on at this elementary school. Um, it was really, really dumb what upset her, but it was a, basically a computer game where you had to fight a wizard and a dragon with spelling words, and she saw that as being demonic. So she took me out of school, and she didn't even have to register with the school that I was being homeschooled. I was kept uh, very hidden from society, I guess, would be the best way to describe that. So it's... Uh, your mom was a very religious person though wasn't she when it suited her (laughs) Uh, yeah I could see that a lot of people pick and choose what they want to actually do and it I, I don't I don't understand religion I don't get it yeah it was basically she picked and she'd pick and choose what you know fit her agenda at the time so is what it is, I guess. Mm. So your other question is probably, where's the father in all of this? Yeah. Which, because that was my question. Like, okay, where, where is dad? You know, what is, what's going on with that? Well, Stoney and Stephen had separate fathers. Both of them were absent from the children's lives. Both fathers had lengthy criminal records and were heavily behind in child support. When both fathers tried to come in contact with their children which they had tried to like way before this, they were told that Stoney and Steven, um, well, back up here real quick, actually, they were told not to come back around because Michelle didn't want them to come around. Um, one of the fathers did try to, to visit, but it was after the two children had been killed and he wanted to know where they were. And that was when Michelle told them that they were away visiting family. And again, she told him, don't come around anymore. And he did it. Um, so because of the way that the fathers um, had basically just written their kids off, you know, because if it was me and, you know, my ex was like, yeah, she's visiting family. Don't come around anymore. I'd be like, oh, hell no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no yeah, way. You, I don't understand why people don't fight for their children. I have a an ex friend who had three different children and he didn't have anything to do with any of them. And I just mm-hmm. can't, I can't wrap my head around not wanting to be in your child's life, whether that other parent wants you to or not. Yeah, I don't understand it myself. Uh, it makes no sense. Yeah, but how do you just walk away? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. There's no way that I could do it. But, you know, I'm 
for some people, they just don't care. I don't get it. Um, so because of the way that the fathers were and everything that Michelle had done to these children, um, there was a judge that decided that the fathers in the situation failed to protect their children. So he revoked parental rights by everybody. So both fathers and the mother, uh, he took their rights away for the remaining, the two children who, you know, were alive. So was there a dad for the older two and a dad for the younger two? Yes, I believe that's how it was, correct. Okay. Um, so the two remaining children were evaluated by doctors and it was discovered that they had been hit and struck many times. Michelle would beat them with an extension cord and a curling iron. Oh, Both God. remaining children were covered in scars and bruises. The oldest daughter, who she was wasn't just the oldest daughter, but she was the oldest child. She actually had scars on her back where she explained that her mother had beat her with a hot curling iron and it burned her skin. Oh my God. God. So she had these horrible burn scars on her back and on her arms and things like that. How do you tell someone I'm a good person, but continue to abuse your children to the point where they have, are like that. I just, I don't understand. Uh, it's like an editor guy and I were talking yesterday that, you know, people see their children a lot of, not everybody, but there's a lot of people that see their children as property and they don't see them as small people, mm -hmm. you know? And so that way they, they feel like they can do whatever they want because that's their child. And I own this child sort of mentality. You know what I mean? Jesus. Yeah. And I get that because I've seen people that are be like, you know, that that make comments suggesting that their child is property. Exactly. And that's pretty common, unfortunately. Like that's it's really heartbreaking. It's like people seem to think that, you know, just because this is your child, they have to automatically respect you. And I personally feel like that, yeah, there is a level of, to a certain degree, there there is a level of, you know, you respect your parents because they're your parents. But at the same time, respect should be something that's earned mm -hmm. and not automatically assumed, even when it comes to your children. You're no better than your children just because they're younger than you. You know what I mean? Like, I just, that's that's just how I parent and my thoughts on it. Yeah, I agree. So in the end, Michelle was given four counts of first-degree child abuse, one count of first-degree child abuse in the presence of another child, and her bond was set to $1 million. Michelle also said that she had no remorse for what she had done, and again, she stated that she would do it again in a heartbeat. And she, she went into court completely open about what she did and she literally had no regrets she did not feel any remorse for what she had done at all jesus how how do you i i just don't i just don't understand like i can't wrap my head around it yeah i don't know it doesn't make any sense to me it's just it was such an awful story i remember excuse me i remember the first time that i saw a documentary true crime story on this um and i just sat there just it was awful i felt so bad um 
So just really quick too, to mention something that I had read from multiple articles. Um, they, the, the, the way that they found Steven was in the freezer, they tried to remove Stoney from the freezer. Um, what had happened was, is so she put blankets on top of Steven and then put Stoney's body on top of the blankets and then put a plastic bag on top of her. The children were both freezer burnt and that's how they had an idea of how long they had been in the freezer. Um, so when they tried to pull Stoney out, the blankets were stuck to her and they had to cut the blankets away. And that's how they discovered Steven was underneath because they oh saw God. him. Um, when they tried to remove her on site, they couldn't. She was stuck in the freezer. So they actually had to take the entire freezer elsewhere and then extract the children once they were there. Um, when they went to get Stony out of the deep freezer, her face had basically stuck to the corner of the deep freezer and it was just there was blood everywhere you could tell where she oh. had bled into the freezer and there was stains on it and everything it was it was really bad oh my god that is awful yeah so it's just the whole thing is just heartbreaking i feel so bad i feel bad for the two children that died i feel bad for the two children that you know survived i just i can't imagine yeah because you have to live with the fact that you know, the person that was supposed to love you and take care of you and protect you not only abused you, but then where were they when those other children were being basically murdered? I'm sure that they ended up having to watch a lot of what happened, you know, and that's traumatizing and years and years of therapy may never help them completely move on from the things that they had to witness as small children. Yeah, exactly. I just, I don't understand it at all. Um, you know, in a lot of these cases where you have a, a child that has been murdered, multiple children that have been murdered by a parent or both parents, you know, because that has happened before where both parents have been involved in it. Um, usually when they get caught and they verbally admit that they've done something, I think it kind of hits them and then they're upset. And mm. usually that happens in these cases. And I think one of the reasons why this case is so just shocking to me more so than the other cases in this situation is the fact that there was no remorse on her end, mm -hmm. that she didn't shed a tear, nothing. She literally was proud of the fact that she had saved her two other children from Tony and Steven basically is how she mm. viewed it. I just, you know, apparently the whole community was in complete shock over what had happened. They were outraged by it. You know, neighbors were completely, completely surprised. It took them by surprise. They had no idea what was going on, but you know, it's crazy to me because she lived in an apartment and her neighbors said that she was quiet and calm but how did you not hear what was going on? Because I don't believe for a minute that she could be screaming and yelling and hitting those kids uh, with, you know, extension cords and stuff and nobody hearing that. Like, that makes yeah. no sense to me. So I don't know. I'm assuming that she probably lived in a an apartment complex. And those yeah, walls are, complex. yeah, those walls are pretty thin in a lot of apartments. So it's like mm -hmm. how... How did you not hear the screams from those children being abused like that? 
Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and it's not like this just happened out of nowhere. Like, she had been, you know, hurting these children for a long time, beating on them and things like that. So, I don't know. Wow. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a pretty fucked up situation. and It really is. I may get upset with my child and they may do something that pisses me off sometimes. But I have never in my life thought, hey, I'm going to beat them for that. Or you know? I need to drive my children into a river. Yeah. yeah I, I just want to know what kind of switch flipped in these people's brain to think that that's okay and then not have any remorse for it. How do you not feel guilty for harming your child like that mm -hmm. and then killing them? How do you, how do you not feel that guilt? I, I don't he, know. I just don't understand how it doesn't eat you alive. I I have no idea. Like I said, it didn't say anything about like what she was diagnosed with, um, the articles that I read, but I would imagine she was diagnosed with quite a bit of mental health issues. Yeah, especially with what happened to her as a child. Yeah, definitely, you know, and again, that's why I think it was her version of revenge by killing her children. You know, she kind of got to to do what she wanted to do to the person that hurt her. Mm -hmm. And she had that opportunity to do that. Sorry, there's a little fly or something flying around. <laughs> Driving me crazy. But yeah, so that was, that's, that's it for that. Yeah, like I said, you know, pretty rough story. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, uh, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I, I, I mean, I don't understand how anybody can murder another human being. You know, people people piss me off, but never in my brain have I thought, well, you know, we should get rid of them. True. Like, out of anger. Self-defense, I, I can see that. I understand it. But, I mean, you know, there's no way that I could take a life. Unless it was to save, like, my child or something like mm -hmm. that. Then I I. You don't know unless you're in that situation, you know, yeah. I want to say that, yes, I would be able to do it then, but it would definitely mess with me for the rest of my life sort of thing. Yeah, I can understand that. I, I'm, I can't even, I can't even imagine harming an animal. Like, exactly. We went to a seafood restaurant the other day and they have those, those tanks with the lobsters in them and they're, oh, they're like, oh yeah, they put them in there alive. And I'm like, I could never do that. That is a horrible exactly. way to die. Did you know that lobsters will actually hold claws with their mate? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, just to make you feel even worse about oh, that. That's so sad. Like, and they how do, do you rip them away from their partner like that? They do. And then, you know, yeah, they put them in the boiling water while they're alive. Oh, yeah, I can't. They put them I can't. alive. I can't do that. I just can't. Yeah, it's awful. It's it's a horrible thing. But you know, <laughs> lobster's a little expensive for my taste anyways. <laughs> I think that was the first time I'd actually eaten lobster. What'd you think of it? It wasn't bad. Um I ate more crab than 
then I have lobster. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know. It was pretty, it was good. Good, I'm glad. Had you ever been there before? Uh, Yeah, it had been a while since I had been there. Um, whenever COVID happened, I ordered food from there and had it, like, brought to the house, or I think I went and got it. Sorry, I'm readjusting myself again. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, I I don't know. Some of these true crimes, like, they all are shocking to see how some people, you know, murder another human being. But I think the, the children ones hit me the hardest and it's because I'm a parent and I have children and I just can't imagine taking a life that I gave birth to Mm -hmm. it's very enraging when people hurt children Mm -hmm. like it really is even if your child is absolutely insane which some children are very difficult to deal with you know but why are they difficult to deal with? You know, how were they raised so far in their life? Like, again, I think a lot of that goes back to the difference between gentle parenting and mm-hmm. people treating their children like property. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I agree. Not saying that I'm better than you or any like you as in people who are watching, but I mean, I'm definitely better than some people. I will say that. Because obviously I'm not killing my child, so. Yeah, and you take, our parenting styles are different. Um, but you, you're more along the lines of gentle parenting with yeah. your daughter and the way that you're raising her because you don't want her to grow up in the same atmosphere that you grew up in. And you want her to succeed in life and know that she's worth, you know, she's worth more than what other people put on her. Exactly. And it's, you know, wild. I've tried the gentle parenting. Um, I try to not yell or scream, you know. Um, Sometimes I lose my cool. Everybody does. Yeah. You know, but you have to learn to apologize exactly like that's really important again just because they're a child doesn't mean that they aren't a person they're a little person and they're learning from you Mm -hmm. and if you can't come back and apologize to your child then that's like a serious issue Mm -hmm. that's just that's gonna teach them so many horrible things yeah like i just i don't know I just wish more people would just try to just treat their children like people, you know, not property. I I mean, I I agree with that. I really do. They're, you know, you're, you're setting them up for the life that they're going to live. And I just can't imagine the life that those two youngest kids are, are now because of the way that, you know, their parent treated them and the things that they witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope, I really truly hope that they get some kind of help and somebody that could work with them through the traumatize, the traumatization that their parents, you know, put on them. Exactly. You know, I was going to say, you know, 
when it comes to getting frustrated with your kids, it's okay to walk away, calm down. You know, even if you have a screaming child, mm-hmm. shut yourself in the bathroom and take a deep breath, step away from the situation for a moment, and then come back to it when you can be more composed. You know, your child's throwing a temper tantrum, let them throw the temper tantrum. You don't have to interrupt it. Mm-hmm. You know, let them go hysterical. And then when they're done and they've tired themselves out, then you can sit down and you can talk about it. Yeah. And you can explain why that behavior isn't okay. You know, Um, I think a lot of people in, in our age range and a little older, um, you know, the parenting mentality of the time was pretty much the same. It was, you know, child misbehaves, hit your child, Mm -hmm. Um, child learn to be seen and not heard sort of thing. And I think that was so common that toxic parenting style was just so common for our parents, for their generation, you know, and, and they didn't necessarily, cause they didn't have all the psychological evidence of how things affect them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now we have all this evidence of, you know, where, Hey, this doing this action causes this result later in life for these kids. You know, and people really need to pay attention to that and listen to it. You know, there's alternatives to, you know, a lot of the the ways that people, you know, reprimand their children. That's yeah, like, they're... go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's like we were, um, we were at some friends last night and we were talking about, you know, they have a new baby. Um, and... She was talking about how, you know, she'll take him to the store with her. And it's it's real easy right now because he's just a little baby and he hasn't started grabbing stuff yet. Mm-hmm. But I was explaining to her that, you know, what I did when my daughter was a baby is because, you know, I would see so many people get frustrated at the stores because their children would want this and want that. And they'd scream and they yell at their children. And I mean, granted, that still happens, you know, but like, you know, they're trying to do one thing and they get very frustrated because, you know, their child won't stop talking and things like that. Mm-hmm. So what I did, and again, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. This is just what I did to kind of help, you know, with that type of situation to prevent that type of stuff is when she was old enough to start wanting to wanting things and grabbing them, I would give her a task and I would be like, okay, I need you to hold this cereal box or whatever it was, you know, oh, here, you got to hold the eggs. So be very careful because they'll break if you're not careful with them. And that way she felt like she was involved in the shopping and she mm-hmm. was helping me. And it wasn't just, she was there for the ride with nothing to do sort of thing. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it, it was rare for me to just hand her a phone and let her watch a video while I was in the store. Like I didn't really do that. Like I said, it was always, I'd give her a task and I would explain this task is important and I need your big girl help. And she would be all about it. And again, I'm not saying that, you know, works for every child, but that is something that maybe some people could try that, you know, if you're struggling with that type of situation, you know, you get frustrated, try that, see how it works, you know? Yeah. Kids like to feel important. They like to feel like they're helping, that they're, you know, part of what you're doing. So. Mine, my, uh, my way of going about it, especially with my oldest son, you know, if I say, Hey, you want to go to the store with me? It's a, if he does go with and he wants this or that, I just simply explain to him, I can't buy that right now. I don't have Mm -hmm. any money. 
maybe next time I have some, we can get that. Yeah. Or you, you're going to have to wait until I get paid next and then we'll get it for you. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, I try to be as honest with him as possible um, because it's a, you know, everybody struggles at some point in their mm-hmm. life. You know, not everybody has the money to just buy whatever they want to buy. So I just explained, I I don't have any money right now, you know, but maybe next time we can get it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you you need to try that to just let them know, you know, I just can't afford it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done the same thing with my daughter. And, you know, she learned over time that now we go to the store and they'll be like, before we even go in, I'll be like, okay, we do not have money for any toys or anything like that. That's not why we came to the store today. We're going for this or that. You know, maybe a different time we can get something. And she's usually pretty chill about it. She's like, okay, well, can I at least look? And I'm like, yeah, you know, we can move all you want, but you can't get anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and she's usually pretty chill about it. Uh, she She's only thrown a temper tantrum in public one time when she was younger because she wanted something and I told her she could get it it was cheap and then she wanted something else that was more expensive and she kept asking and I'm like no I'm like if you ask one more time we're putting everything back and sure enough she kept asking so I made her put everything back and she threw a full-blown on the ground kicking and screaming temper tantrum which is hard to picture because you know she's such an easygoing child now but um I actually, we were at the register and she started screaming and throwing a fit, like I said. And the woman behind me was like, oh, I'll buy it for her. And I said, absolutely not. After this, there's no way. Yeah. And I actually left my stuff that I was going to get. I apologized to the clerk and I took her out to the car and I just let her have her temper tantrum. And eventually she stopped and she fell asleep. She wore herself out. Yeah. I'm that parent that... If they're going to have an episode like that, they're going to have it regardless of where exactly. we are. So if you want to stare, you can stare all you want. It doesn't make me a bad parent. Mm-mm. They've got to get it out of their system. Exactly. And I, I'm one of those people that, you know, when they're done, I'm like, are you done now? Can we continue with what we were doing? Mm-hmm. Do you feel better? You know, mm-hmm. what What did that come of? You know, what what was the outcome of what you just did? Yeah, exactly. We're still in the same position that we were before. Mm-hmm. We still can't get the same thing. You know, I get that that you're upset about it, but screaming and crying like that's not going to change my mind for you. Right, exactly. So, so I get it. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's just, it's crazy how different people parent differently, I guess. And it still just blows my mind that, you know, people use physical violence you know they like I don't mean just spanking I just want to clarify that like I'm not a fan of spanking I'm not a fan of you know well you're misbehaving so we're going to hit you Mm -hmm. but sometimes as a last resort and as a last resort you know you, you may not have any other choice like that may be you know the only way you can get through to your kid is a smack on the butt or something like that you know Um, so I get that, but I just don't understand how, you know, people can beat on a child. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Like, 
yeah, I remember, you know, as a kid, my brothers would get in trouble. And I remember one time my mom was talking about taking my brother out into a field and banking him with like a piece of wood or something like that. Like it was, yeah. And it wasn't just like a comment that was made. It was legit. So yeah, my mom told me growing up that her grandma would literally make them go outside and pick whatever pick a switch whatever yep yep and if it wasn't big enough they would make them go out there and get one another one and i just i just can't i couldn't look at my oldest son and be like all right you're gonna go outside and find whatever switch i'm gonna use on you you know i i just i couldn't you know when my youngest or when my oldest son was growing up i did spank i did spank you know Mm -hmm. And with my youngest son, it's a completely different ball game because he does not understand any of right. that. Right. Yeah. So if if I were to spank him, he would not get, he mm-hmm. would not associate why he was getting spanked for this thing. Exactly. You know. And the older my oldest son got, I realized spankings are not going to work. It's a mm-hmm. matter of I'm going to take this away from you because this is the consequence to your action. Exactly. Like he's currently grounded from some stuff right now. Mm -hmm. You know, he's grounded from his tablet and his laptop and his TV for things that he did that he knew that he was not supposed to be doing, you know, because I want to show him if you don't do what you're supposed to do or you're continuously doing things that you know are going to get you in trouble, then Mm -hmm. we're going to take those items away from you until you've learned I can have those items back if I don't do what I know will get me in trouble. Yeah, a lot of those things are a privilege. And, you know, when you misbehave, you lose some of your privileges. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes perfect sense. I, you know, I do that with mine, you know, if she, which, again, she's an easygoing child, so I don't have a lot of problems with her. Um, but when there are some issues, which there has been in the past, you know, it's okay, well, you lost your electronics for a few days. You know, and then she'll be like, well, can I at least read a book? And I'm like, well, yeah, you can lay in your bed and you can read a book. I mean, you know, you got toys and stuff still, but, Mm -hmm. you know, no computer, no tablet, no TV, those sorts of things, you know. And she does not like losing access to the Internet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I have I have a rule. And the only reason I have this rule is because my oldest son was caught watching things that he shouldn't have been watching on YouTube things that were more adult than he needed to be involved in right so my rule is you have to ask to get on YouTube and most of the time it's either an hour or two hours because I don't want you to sit on it all day right yeah so just like yesterday we had an incident where we were leaving for a concert he asked if he could get on YouTube I said yes you can get on it for two hours and when we pulled up last night at 10.30, you know, he was, he was still, on still, still on YouTube. And then it wasn't until he heard me close the truck door that he quickly changed it to something else. <laughs> what a stinker. <laughs> so I just walked in his room and I said, I don't know why we continue to do things we know are going to get us in trouble, but we're not going to watch TV tonight. Yeah, we're going to have to turn that off and you're going to have to either leave the TV on for light 
because he doesn't like being in the dark. Right. Or you're going to have to turn it off completely because we're trying to get back in that routine for school starting mm-hmm. to go to bed at a decent time, to get yep. up at a decent time. Yeah. And we're struggling really hard with the getting up right now. Yeah. So I just show him, you know, there's consequences to your actions, but I'm yeah. not going to beat my child for that. You know, that's not going to teach them the proper way to go about mm-hmm. doing things. And it was different with me growing up because it was, you're going to get your ass busted or yeah. the famous words of, do you want to go to the bathroom with me? And wow. I knew in my head, if I go to the bathroom with her, I'm getting my ass busted. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've had times where I've said that to my child and then I I realized I don't want to parent the way that my parents parented me. Exactly. I use my upbringing as a example of what I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I use it for every situation that I don't want to treat my child the way that I was treated as a child. Yeah. So. Yeah, I completely understand that. Yeah. It's just, like I said, it just blows my mind. I don't understand it. I don't understand how people can hurt children or animals. Those those mm. two things just really, it blows my mind when we come across situations like this. Yeah, they're, they're helpless. They don't understand. Exactly. You know, they're still, especially children, they're still learning to deal with their own emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes if my oldest will cry i'll be like i know that i hurt your feelings and if you're going to cry that's fine get it out of your system exactly and then we'll move on to something else Mm -hmm. because just like if we get our feelings hurt you know we cry about it sometimes right you know or we reflect on the things that were said or how the situation was handled so they have that right, too, because they're learning mm-hmm. how to deal with their emotions, just like we're still learning to do the same thing. Exactly. And, you know, our kids are at that preteen phase. Mm-hmm. They're teenagers in between mm-hmm. being a child and a teen. And, you know, they've got all those hormones are kicking in. And, you know, there's a lot of times where they can't really control those hormones. You know, they haven't learned how to deal with them yet. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, let your kid cry it out. It's okay to do that. You know, it's good for them because then, you know, they're, they're become more equipped with how to handle, you know, Mm -hmm. with their, their hormones and everything. So, yeah, they're learning not to bottle up everything, you know, and there, there've been times where I will say something like he got a report card and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, how come we went from an A to a B? And then he automatically gets upset and cries because he thinks that I'm upset with him. And right. I'm like, I'm not upset with you. I'm just trying to understand right, why we went from this grade to this grade. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with having a B. You're not in trouble. I, you could even have a C or a D and I'm not going to yell at you or be upset with you. Yeah, I'm just, just trying to figure change. out yeah, why we're struggling and what we need to improve this grade but some you know i don't i don't want my child to fear that they're going to be in trouble for every little thing that Mm -hmm. they do yeah i don't want him to be afraid of me exactly mine uh as you know mine can be a bit sassy she has a 
she can be a bit sassy at times, but mm -hmm. um, she uh, she is finally at the point where like she can she's she's I don't know how to word it without it making sound like making it sound like I'm some sort of controlling parent or anything because I'm not. But she's like I said, she's at that tween phase, the preteen phase. So, you know, she is getting to where she'll play back, like she'll, she'll make some comment and she's joking, you know, but it'll be something that normally, you know, someone would get in trouble for. But because she's joking, you know, mm -hmm. we joke back. There are some times when I'll have to be like, I think you need to remember who you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, okay, sorry. <laughs> so. But, yeah, we we've been learning a lot of respectful things like mm -hmm. um I've had to tell him we're not going to talk to me like that. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't talk to my parent like that and you're not going to speak to me like that. There are a different way to go about the situation mm -hmm. than making comments to me that you know are right. going to end up getting you in trouble. Exactly. So it's, it's just, it's wild to me how, how parenting is different in different ways. It is. It's definitely interesting. I think that not everyone, but I think there are some people and in this case of this story, she definitely falls under that category. I honestly feel like there are some people that before they become a parent, they should have to take like parenting classes and anger management classes mm -hmm. and you know, that sort of a thing before you're allowed to have children. Granted, there is no handbook once you have a kid, mm -hmm. but still, you know, if you go into, especially if you come from such a rocky background, you know, you definitely need to understand, you know, that there are tools that you can use to help make parenting easier. And I yeah. think that if people had to take some sort of class or something you know about it that it might actually be beneficial to them you know what i mean i'm that person that i think everybody should have an iq test before they have children <laughs> because some of them are just not the brightest rounds in the box and right um you are a certain type of person so i'm not too keen on you reproducing exactly I could probably think of a few people myself. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so why did you smoke this week? Um, mostly because I can. Um it's always a good answer. You know, it's one of my favorite <laughs> answers. Because I I'm did. an adult. <laughs> Don't tell me how to live my life. That's right. Um I haven't had really anything bad happen um i had a few incidents where last was the last week or the week before that i lost my engagement ring you didn't tell um, me that yeah i could not find it oh my uh, gosh i would have been freaking out my fiance was not very happy with me but after talking about mm. it yeah when you when you spend that much money on a ring i can understand being upset but things happen um, I don't have the best memory, you know, do what? I said she has a very expensive ring. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know if anybody can see it, but that was, that's my engagement ring. 
um, I searched and searched and searched because I only take it off in certain situations. Like if I'm taking a shower or mm -hmm. I'm bathing my youngest son or I'm putting lotion on him or if I'm doing the dishes or I'm putting lotion on myself, I, I don't like the feeling of water lotion being underneath my rain. Uh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. I just can't, <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> that makes um, sense. Gotcha. So the last time that I had remembered taking it off is when I had given my youngest son a bath, which was on mm -hmm. a Sunday. And it wasn't until the middle of the week that I'm like, oh God, I don't have my ring. Yeah, you get so used to it. You don't realize it's not there anymore. Yeah. And so I searched my son's room. I got under his bed. And if you know me, I'm not a small person. And that opening is not very big to get right. under there. I um, pulled out furniture and I cleaned his room really good thinking, okay, maybe I'll sweep it up. But it wasn't there. And oh, then I'm like, geez. where could I have taken it off? So I searched my bedroom. I searched... Uh, the the bathroom the kitchen and places i knew that i would normally put it mm -hmm. and uh if you're sitting on my bed like i am right now to the left of me i have this thing that that you're supposed to like put remotes or a book or something in that you need and i couldn't find my cart and i was searching and searching and searching and i was pulling stuff out of this and i'll be damned it's just sitting in there awesome. and i'm like how did it get in there? I know I looked at my fiance and I was like, guess what I just found. So he happy about it. Oh yeah. He's very relieved because he was afraid we're having engagement photos taken in, in October. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'd really prefer if we found it before we take engagement pictures. <laughs> I'm like, if we don't, we don't. I mean, shit happens. Right. He's like, I'm going to buy you another one. I'm like, the hell you are. Hell no. Not at that price tag. Good God. <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, an incident that happened that made me definitely want to smoke because I couldn't figure out where it was. And it that was, was stressing me out. I was very anxious about the situation. He didn't know that I was very anxious about the situation, but I was. Right. You just, you hit it well. Yeah. And then I had another incident happen uh, yesterday mm -hmm. where we were on our way to a concert and my van just decided it was going to shit out. Yeah. Halfway through our trip to to go see this concert mm -hmm. so you know of course that makes me want to smoke because i'm annoyed and irritated yep. with it and i just need to chill but uh i smoked for that and then i went to a concert last weekend where i had a complete stranger actually share um, a joint with me on the lawn waiting for a band to play so that was That's pretty awesome. fun um thankful for the fun people in life uh but that's pretty much why i smoked this week just because i i can like i but. said that's my favorite my favorite answer is because i can <laughs> <laughs> so uh why did you smoke this week because i can <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it that's really the only reason but you have a little bit of stress going on in your life right I now. Do. So I do. I do. I can under. I can understand smoking just to relieve your anxiety and mm -hmm. and everything, just to mellow out and. Yeah. So I I totally get that. Exactly. So, yeah, just you know some stresses that I've been dealing with. I guess that you know contributed to it. But I also just like smoking. So. 
<laughs> so yeah, because I could, that's why I smoked. But sorry, I was mouthing to my fiance. I need my cord. My computer just informed me that it's on battery saver mode. Oh, gotcha. I'm like, all I need is for my computer to die right in the middle of this. Exactly. Hello, Gizmo. Yes. Oh, don't <laughs> rub on the mic. <laughs> she wants like, to give some kitty ASMR there. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'll talk about parenting skills and why I smoked this week, too. Exactly. So. But, all right. Well. I guess with that, we'll wrap it up here. Unless you got anything else you'd like to add. Um, Just our, our usual plug there of, you know, check us out on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe. You know, hit that little bell if you're on YouTube. So that way you get a notification every single time we upload a new episode. Um, you know, Anchor. Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher is also mm -hmm. where you can find us if you're not listening to us on one of those platforms. Um, but we really appreciate you being here with us. You know, this is, we've been doing this podcast, what, over a year? Yeah, yeah, about a, about a year and a half now. Yeah, something maybe. like that. So. Um, the only thing that I want to add to people is enjoy your life. Do fun things for yourself. Take time for yourself. You can be a good parent, but sometimes you need your own time. And exactly. I've been realizing that I'm having more fun being in my 30s than I did being in yep. my 20s. Exactly. Because I, I was so focused on being such a good... <laughs> she's like, hello. Um, being a good mom that I never took that time for myself. And now that I'm in a happy healthy relationship mm -hmm. i'm able to go places and do things with my significant other yeah that is fun and enjoyable it's definitely easier as your kids get older too you're definitely mm -hmm. not stuck at home as much you know you actually you know once yeah. you start becoming more independent you're able to kind of get a little freedom back and do stuff but mm -hmm. your kids it should always come first especially with our children being being 10 it's a little bit easier with me it's sometimes a little harder because i do have the younger child right. who does have a special need and that's why i'm so thankful for the village that i have that's helped me you know raise my children and be there because if it wasn't mm -hmm. for my mom a lot of the things that i do and go have fun doing i wouldn't be able to do if i didn't have right. some kind of help so um uh, I just want to throw that out there and let you know, have fun, be yourself. Don't let anyone judge you. Just be free. Exactly. You know? Live your life. But you, like I said, your children come first. Mm -hmm. Always. Always. All right. Well, with all that being said, I guess that's it for this episode. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Momo, you are ridiculous, girl.